0: Best <laughs>
1: Everybody, good morning. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. We are gonna have an excellent time this morning worshiping the Lord together. Praise God. It is Christmas season. Who's getting a little bit excited about Jesus' birthday? Yeah. Amen. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Amen. Well, uh, we're getting closer on our construction work here. The stage is much, much closer, and I don't know if you noticed, but 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John have been removed from outside, and uh, we only have indoor plumbing now, so give the Lord some praise for that. Yeah. We are officially in the 21st century, people. Actually, on the, the 19th century, really. They had that back then. Yeah. Carpet will be here Wednesday on the platform. That's good news. Amen. So We are moving right along. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're going to keep speaking this, and we're going to see America come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare... That righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give Jesus some praise. Amen. We're going to take a few minutes this morning and do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a great big hug because you know they want one. And if they push you away, just give them a handshake. All right, let's go. hold that last couple notes out there for a minute. (laughs) I was wondering how long they could hold that. That was good. All right. Praise God. Well, I'm going to step out of the way and let Pastor Katie do the announcement. You can be seated. Appreciate you staying standing. That's cool. That's cool of you. Would you look at Tim's shirt? Oh my goodness. Tim, stand up. Stand up. All right. Wow. And a matching beard. He's got a matching beard. That is insane. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's between me and you. All right. Anyway, I'm gonna step out. You go ahead and uh, just let them know what's going on.
2: Wow. Welcome to church. If it's your first time here, yes, we're like this. God bless you. Anyway, uh, we Pastor Josh and some friends of his um, have this. I, I can't even call it a garage band. They're not a garage band. They're all worship leaders and pastors. Uh, but they get together to play instruments. So they played at a coffee house Friday night called Tanya Coffee House in Apple Valley. Yes, it was really cool. Um But I have to tell you something, they were they were playing Santa's Coming to Town <laughs> and a bunch of our youth students are singing gee. Is coming to tell. anyway it was kind of funny it was a thing but anyway uh pastor Josh can super rock it on the base it's quite nice quite nice praise the lord yes it's a good thing the lord gifted him with that um, speaking of gifts the bookstore is all 20% off um, which is amazing because now the books i ordered 2 months ago are actually in there so you'll have to forgive me for just a minute pastor and miss p mom and dad The books are finally in the bookstore. Thank you for your forgiveness and patience. I love you. Okay, I've been in trouble for months. For months, okay? So all the books, the new books, lots of new books are in the bookstore. Make sure you stop and check it out because that is how you sneak in the word of God to all your family members this Christmas. Okay? It's a big deal. It's an awesome thing. Um, We're also doing toy donations uh, for New Hope Village. Greater Hope. Okay. Okay paper says New Hope. I'm like, no, it's not. We love New Hope Village. We support them on a monthly basis through missions, but greater hope, which is a foster agency in town is doing gifts for their their foster kids, the ones that they have in homes right now. So they do a party for those families and they bless those families. So there is a huge wrapped box at the information booth. If you have toys, new toys that you would like to donate to them, they do not need to be wrapped. Just bring them in and they will go to foster families. Servant leadership is having a Christmas party thing this Thursday the 8th at 6.30. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to bring finger foods and you're going to come in your crazy Christmas attire just for fun. Or you can come in your whatever work attire. We'll take it. Tim will probably wash his shirt before Thursday. Yes, maybe. We hope so. Um, and then we're going to talk about some leadership changes and some upcoming things in the new year, as well as our theme verse for 23. So don't miss it. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be a good time of fellowship, but it's also going to give you some information, um, as far as serving in the body of Christ, what's coming up in this next year. Also, okay. So that's Thursday night. Then Friday night, ladies, it's our ladies Christmas party. I'm excited, but you're not. Shame on you. Okay, so it's going to be your Christmas party. They have a special guest singer. So at 630 Victory Hall, December 9th, Miss P is going to be back on Wednesday, actually. Praise the Lord. Miss P will finally be back. And she will be teaching on Christmas salad, casserole, and dessert is what our menu is. So bring whatever it is you whip up. Salad, casserole, or dessert. Water baptisms is then that Sunday. Miss Cookie, we love you. We're excited that you're coming. Um, Miss Cookie from Virginia is coming to get baptized, (laughs) which is a big deal, right? Flying across the country to get baptized at your home church. It's a cool thing. So right now we have seven people signed up for baptisms. Um, I was also asked. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was also asked about children being baptized and so I'm gonna publicly tell you what I told them as well because I want to make sure that you understand we get it with baptizing kids but we don't sprinkle infants necessarily. So here was the story. When Joel, my oldest, was three, we let him get baptized because he fully understand what it meant to go under the water and come back up a new creature. Was he four? Not three? I lied, I'm sorry. Apparently he was four, not three. So anyway, uh, he understood what the purpose of baptism was and what that meant when you died with Christ and you rose back up to new life. And so he had accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and he understood baptism, so we let him get baptized. However, sweet Sammy, he wants to get baptized, but he still kind of believes that there's an alligator in the baptismal, and he still thinks that we can swim in there. So he has not been baptized yet. So it's different for each child. But the point is that we make sure that whoever it is, that they understand what the purpose of getting baptized is. And that coming to Jesus is before you get in there. That doesn't make you right with God. Your faith in Jesus makes you right with God. So if you have questions on baptism, stop us after service. We'd be glad to go over that with you. Young Adults is going to be on a Thursday, the 15th. So Thursday, the 15th, we're having Laura cook with us Thursday and Friday, but Thursday for young adults, she's going to be funny. So we'll make sure that you get some invites to that, but also make sure that you're here. That will be at 630 on the 15th. And then Friday, the 16th at seven o'clock in here, we're going to have like a coffee house type thing. It's going to be nice. And Laura Cook's going to come out and sing you beautiful Christmas songs. And we'll have cookies for you. It's going to be great. So invite your friends. Invite your family. We're going to have all the chairs gone because it's the Friday before the Christmas dinner. So it's going to be nice and fancy. Okay? So it'll be a nice Christmas thing to bring all your family to. Also, the church Christmas service is that Sunday, like I said. So make sure that you have signed up to bring a dish. Now, if you... If you put a check mark, here's what we don't know. We don't know what you're bringing. So if we have eight pans of corn, then when you get in line, you're going to complain about the food. So write in the big square what it is you're going to bring, okay? And we'll send you a reminder on what it is you signed up for because I'm the one that I'm like, I don't know. I signed up for something. I'm probably just going to go buy brownies. But Anyway, make sure you sign up for what you're actually going to bring, and then we will send you a reminder. Children's Church does a play every year for Christmas. It's wonderful, and it's so fun. For like 10 years, it's been different versions of sort of the same thing. It's the Christmas story, right? It's the same thing. However, let me tell you this. I'm being told by Children's Church students Well, I'm the student in the Christmas play. Well, me and my friends, we're doing cartwheels. I don't know what's happening, but it's going to be really good. So... Make sure that you're at that Christmas service on the 18th. It's going to be good. They are practicing on Sunday nights starting today. They're practicing on Sunday mornings for a little bit, but we got to make sure that all these students get the word of God in and that any new students, that we make sure and share the love of Jesus with them as well. So it's a short practice. They're practicing Sunday nights in Victory Hall. So if you could get them here at 530, that would be great. So I'm going to be pushy. Are you ready for me to be pushy? Raise your hand if you have a child in children's church this morning. Okay. What time do they need to be here tonight? 5.30. 530. What time are you going to actually leave your house? 5 o'clock because it's going to take you 15 minutes to get into the car. Okay. 5 o'clock you're leaving your house tonight, 5.30 at church. Okay. Last and final thing. If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, can I just tell you, I'd say I'm sorry, but we're like this all the time. Can you raise your hand for me and wave at me? Okay, I don't think, I feel like I miss people sometimes. Okay, welcome home, y'all, because it's all home folks this morning. I love you. Welcome to church.
1: All right, praise the Lord. Yes, isn't it exciting to have so much awesome stuff going on around here? I love it. It makes my heart very, very joyful. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time, because God loves a cheerful giver. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. This is our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And we're going to open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28, praise the Lord. And uh, and if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. But it's a wonderful time of year to be a giver. Uh, you know, Acts 20 verse 35 says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And uh, as we study scripture on the, the, these topics, we understand there's a difference between a tithe and an offering or a, a tithing and giving. And one thing that we discussed, I can't remember what service it was, but it was sometime recently that... Uh, that tithing is not only part of the law of moses and I hear people say that like oh That's just part of the old testament law and true enough It was in the old testament law But one of the things about tithing that we have to remember is it predates the law of moses because abraham Out of the love in his heart decided to give a tithe way before the law of moses hundreds of years before it And so I want to show you something this morning in genesis 28 and starting at verse 20, and what we're looking at here is Abraham's grandson, a guy named Jacob. And uh, and this is his grandson. Now, Jacob was under no obligation to tithe. He was really under no obligation to even give anything back. But here's what was on his heart. Uh, it says, Genesis 28 and verse 20, Then Jacob made this vow, If God will indeed be with me, and protect me on this journey. And if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And who in here you could say the Lord has protected you on your journey so far. Amen. Is there anybody in here that God has provided you with food and clothing? Amen. Yeah. He's done that for all of us. And so verse 22, Jacob says, and this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. Now check it out. And I will present to God a 10th of everything that he gives me. And what's so beautiful about this is like we just said, Jacob just out of his heart and his love and his thankfulness to god he said i'm gonna give you a tenth of everything that you give me nobody forced him to do that nobody said hey if you do this god will really really bless you he just said the lord has been way too good to me how can i help but to give him something back and he made this out of his heart i'll give you lord a tenth of anything that you ever give me and so one thing that i always like to point out with tithes and offerings is tithing is not a money issue it's about a heart issue amen and so if you see it as oh that's just money you've got the whole wrong outlook on this whole thing it's about the heart and in the new testament jesus even put it this way where your treasure is or where your money is there your heart shall be also. If God's got a hold of your heart, it ain't no thing but a chicken wing on a string to give him a tenth of what he's given you. I'm sorry, sometimes the 90s come back to my mind. Cletus, my bad brother, all right? So sometimes the 90s come back. But when God's got a hold of your heart, it is no big deal at all to honor him and give back with a heart of gratefulness. It is my joy to give Jesus a tenth of what he gave me in the first place. Can I get an amen this morning? All right, let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings because everything we do is by faith. We are told that whatever is not of faith is a sin. And so we're going to do this by faith this morning. Let's speak these words together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
3: Feel free to join us up front as we worship today. And let's all sing together.
4: If there's one thing I'm asking, one thing I need moment that's passing is not what i'm seeking like it's the air i'm i want your praises feet on the earth i wouldn't have see for you the living consumes me i can't get enough can't get enough of you your fire is burning right through me Building. I don't need a reason To keep chasing who you are Like it's the air I'm breathing. I want your and speed all the air Heart full of heaven Still for you Completely consumes me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you Your fire is burning right through me I can't get enough I can't get enough of you. You, I can't get enough of you.
0: You, I can't get enough of you.
4: I'm after your spirit. I'm after your spirit more than a feeling. I don't need a reason to keep chasing who you are Like it's the air I'm breathing I want your presence feet on the earth Heart full of heaven still for you Completely concerns me I can't get enough, can't get enough of you Your fire funny burning to do me I can't get enough I can't get enough of you, you, I can't get enough of you, you, I can't get enough of you. Every beat is yours, you can have it all. Take over, like only you can. All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more. Take over, like only you can. Every beat is yours, you can have it all. Take over, like only you can. All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more. Take over, like only
0: you can.
4: For you, completely consumes me. I can't get enough. I can't get enough of you. Your fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough. can't Can't get enough of you. You. I can't get enough of you. You. I can't get enough of. Out. Every beat is yours. You can have it all. Take over like on you can. I'm reaching for you and nothing more. Take over like only you can. Every beat is yours. You can have it all. Take over like only you can. I'm reaching for you and nothing more. Take over like only you can.
3: Sing it out. Still,
4: for you completely consumes me, I can't get enough, I can't get enough of you. Your fire is burning right to me, I can't get enough, I can't get enough of you, you, I can't get enough.
1: forever and ever and ever. You know, this morning is our uh, special. It's our communion Sunday. And and I know this time of year we are uh, celebrating mainly uh, Jesus' arrival into this earth. We've been celebrating his birth. And that is a huge, massive, huge, huge part of the story. But we're going to take just a minute today to also celebrate and to reflect upon uh, and acknowledge uh, the other part of this story, that Jesus, he died. He We we celebrate he was born, but the reason that he was born into this earth is so he could grow up and become a man and die uh, for our sins. And I was just going to read a, a verse to us before we uh, get in line here and, and take communion. But in, in Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 11, it says, Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, talking about Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about that. The priest used to day after day after day have to sacrifice for sins. But Jesus came and his blood was perfect. It was a one-time sacrifice and it paid the price forever and ever and ever and so as much as we're celebrating baby jesus being born we we understand that the reason he had to be born is because he had to come into this earth as a human being and die and pay the price for the sins of all of us human beings he's much much better than we deserve but that's the grace of god isn't it amen well i'm gonna ask us to go ahead and line up this morning for our communion elements If uh, you've never received communion with us, that's okay. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive communion here. You just need to be a member of the body of Christ. So let's go ahead and uh, make your way out of your seats and uh, get in line, and we'll uh, start receiving the elements. This side's going to take longer. They've got twice the amount of people on this section. But praise the Lord. Let's take a few minutes, and in reverence, uh, let's receive communion. First Corinthians 11 this morning before we receive the elements and I always remind us that hey I have a good time I joke around I laugh I cut up probably more than I should at church for being a preacher but uh, during communion that's one time I don't laugh and joke around and and you know I it's a very reverent time Uh, Hebrews 10 really warns us about disrespecting the blood of Jesus and i don't i don't mess around with that and so uh when we take communion we of course realize this isn't literally become the body and blood of the lord as some might teach that's called a doctrine of transubstantiation but but we do understand that this represents the body and blood of jesus and uh, it's a it is a holy time i want to look at 1 corinthians 11 and uh, verse 27 the apostle paul had to warn the church in corinth because they're very disrespectful at communion and so he said this so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the lord that is why you should examine yourself or the king james would tell you to judge yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup And so what we're going to do is take a minute this morning to examine ourselves, judge ourselves. Man, if God's been dealing with you on something, now would be a really good time to surrender. If God's been been trying to get you to make some changes or maybe God's been telling you, hey, you're kind of wrong on that, this would be a really good time to lay your pride down and say, Jesus, you're right, I'm wrong, I repent, help me to make this change. And, uh, anyway, I just want us to take a few minutes here to, it's, this is between you and God, not between me and you or anybody else. This is a time for you to do business with the Lord. And if you need to repent, if you need to make some changes, right now is the time to do that. And I would, I would caution you that if you're not willing, uh, to make changes with what he's dealing with you on, or maybe you know you've been wrong on something, but you're not gonna and make any effort to change that. I would caution you to maybe not receive communion uh, because that would be doing it unworthily. And I don't mean to be harsh. I just love you. And I don't want. <laughs> I don't want anything bad. Amen. Let's take a minute to judge and examine ourselves this morning. The Apostle Paul writes in First Corinthians eleven twenty-three: For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. So, Jesus, we take this bread this morning and we recognize that this means your body was broken and torn apart, Lord, so we could have peace, so we could have healing. And we thank you, Jesus, for giving your body as the sacrifice for our sins. We do this to remember you. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, we take this juice this morning and, and we recognize that this represents your blood that made a new covenant for us, Lord. We thank you that we're not paying the price for our own sins. We're not earning our own way into heaven. We're getting there because of your blood, and you paid the price for our sins, Lord. We do this this morning in remembrance of you. Hallelujah. Let's sing this hymn together this morning. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What
3: can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can Oh
1: Jesus. We thank you this morning for your blood being poured out. And we know we'll never fully comprehend the price that was paid, Lord. But we just want to say thank you. And we promise to live our best for you, Jesus. We love you, and we praise your name this morning. Have your way in this service. Speak to us, Lord. If there's anyone here that's been down and out, and and maybe anxiety and depression's been trying to hit them, I pray that the joy of the Lord will hit them this morning, Father. If there's anybody in here that's just been dealing with health issues. I thank you for the healing power of God working in their bodies today, Lord. And if there's any other issues or things that we've brought in here, Lord, we're going to lay it down this morning and cast those cares upon you, as Peter said, Lord, because you care for us. We give it to you this morning. And now here we approach your word with open hearts and open ears and open minds to receive the truth. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise this morning? Hallelujah. He is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, I have been waiting for this moment since about, I don't know, September. And the reason is that we're going to be kicking off our Christmas series this morning. Amen. I'm so excited. I love Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Me and uh, the, the ladies, a lot of them went down to San Bernardino last night to the Rock Church for that, the women's thing, amen, they had a good time, well that left me and the boys at the house, and so, uh, man, we strung Christmas lights everywhere, it was great, now uh, it was scary though, because I got to get up there pretty high these days, but... God was with me. He protected me. And now I've got Christmas lights and a really good Christmas spirit. So I'm ready to go, people. Now, uh, if you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an outline. You can kind of follow along with what we're saying here. And the title of the whole series is Joy to the World. Amen. Joy to the world. Now, we're all familiar with the phrase joy to the world, probably from the Christmas carol by that name. It's one of the most uh, popular Christmas songs of all time. And, uh, And it was actually written in 1719 by a man named Isaac Watts. And I'm going to take a nerd moment for you, because I just like to throw some history out at you. And some of you enjoy it, some of you don't. But just humor me for a minute and pretend like you're enjoying this. So he wrote this in 1719. It actually wasn't a song, it was a poem uh, that he was, he was trying to write a book of poetry from the book of Psalms. And so this was based off of Psalm 98 uh, that says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. And so he wrote this poem called Joy to the World. It was not in tended to be a Christmas song at all, but sometime in the 1800s, I think it was 1836, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, somebody put music to it, and and they're like, hey, that's good. They started singing it at Christmas time, and here you have it. It is, I think, the third most popular Christmas song, number one being Jingle Bells. I don't know why, but anyway, so praise God, Uh, but here we have Joy to the World, and I do think that it's fitting as a Christmas song, because I know if Jesus hadn't been born, we would have no joy all. I can tell you that. Jesus is the only source of truly having joy. Now, I know that for some people, this is the most joyful, wonderful time of the year. And for others, it can potentially be the hardest time of the year. But I know that the Lord's will for your life is that this would be a joyful time of the year. And of course, that your entire year would be filled with joy. Uh, But before we can really study joy to the world or even discuss joy, we have to find out what joy actually is. And those of you who have studied the Bible, you uh, hopefully you understand that joy and happiness are not the same thing. And, uh, and, you know, if you haven't really ever thought of that, that may sound like kind of a, a, a confusing thing. But happiness and joy are not the same thing. They're two different things, and we all want to be happy. In fact, our United States Constitution tells us, you know, that uh, that we have this pursuit of happiness. Everybody in America is welcome to pursue happiness, and that's a great thing. You should pursue some happiness, I guess, but I've got some. Even better for you, that you should pursue, and that is joy. Joy is better than happiness and i 'm going to uh, break down the difference between the two things today, and I, I pray that you 'll be able to to listen to this and receive what the Word of God is saying so we 're going to look at the differences this morning between joy and happiness, and in the next few weeks we 're going to really see how Jesus provides joy. To us, uh, and, and especially through the eyes of the Christmas story, all right so let 's get into the message today, and we 're going to dig right in The first thing is this: number one difference number one between joy and happiness is happiness is conditional, joy is unconditional happiness is conditional joy is unconditional and we'll explain a more why here in a few minutes but happiness is very very conditional because when life is going how you want it to what are you you're happy you've got what you want things are going your way uh, you are just it, it's a good good day for you and you are happy but the minute that life is not going your way what are you You're sad. You are no longer happy. Happiness ran away and just fled and took peace with him. Listen, happiness is what we would call an emotion. And God gave us our emotions, right? Our emotions are, they can be good. They can be bad. Uh, Any one emotion, if you let it dominate you, can be a dangerous thing. Uh, and I've even seen people that they just let, they get a, a, a thrill of happiness. They get, you know, they just get a, a rush of dopamine or whatever, and they're just feeling really, really good. And they all of a sudden have just this very happy feeling. And that's nice. We all want that. But sometimes if you will just let the emotion of that moment control you, You can end up doing something stupid even out of a really happy place. Like, man, I feel so happy right now. I'm just going to invite the whole neighborhood out to steak dinner and put it on my credit card because I feel happy. I've seen people do stuff like that. And, and they meant well, and they were really happy, but they let that emotion control them, or like, I just feel so happy, let's just, let's just book a trip right now to, to Disney, and we'll put it on the credit card and take the kids, it'll be a surprise, and you meant well, but then when you pay like, your I don't even, what our interest rate, I don't know, whatever the interest rate is, it comes to bite you in the behind, and I'm just saying that. Now, we also know that if we were to let other emotions such as sadness or anger or other things control us, we can also do some things that will really uh, cause regret and, uh, and and take us to places we don't want to go, and so happiness is, uh, it's a human emotion, and it's a very nice thing. We all want to be happy, but joy is even better because it's not just based on what's going on around us. All right. I want you to look this morning at John chapter 16 John 16. Amen. So true joy, true joy, not the fake stuff, not the artificial true joy. Can't be taken away from you. People can't take that away from you. And I want to show you something that Jesus himself said right here in John chapter 16. I love having the joy of the Lord. I love the joy of the Lord. It is a gift to us that that God offers to his children. It is available to you, and it's not just available to anybody and everybody. True joy is available to the children of God. John 16 And we're going to look here at verse 22 and Jesus says something very key right here because he's trying to, to warn the disciples again as he did many times that, hey guys, I'm not going to like be right here forever. I am going to, I'm going to die someday and, and I'm going to be gone. And, and so he says something right here, uh, John 16 and verse 22 and, and I love this. He says, so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice. Now check it out. And no one can rob you of that joy. The joy that Jesus gives, nobody can take it away from you. That's really good news. Now, the truth of the matter is that we can willingly uh, let go of that joy. I've done that. I mean, I've had the Lord, you know, give me the joy of the Lord. And then through my own stupidity or my own laziness, or I don't know what word I want to use, but through my own doing, I've kind of released that joy and, and, and walked away from what God was doing. But praise God, I'm telling you, when Jesus gives you true joy, nobody Can take that away from you. You're responsible for maintaining that joy. And I'm gonna tell you how at the end of the sermon how to do that. But Jesus gives us true joy. Now, people can't take my joy away, but they can take my happiness away from me. Nearly anybody can steal your happiness. I always say this, but I mean, people you don't even know can come in and rob you of your happiness. You could be having the best day of your life and go and pull into Walmart or, or my personal favorite food for less, right? Yeah. And you're pulling in there and some blessing from god cuts you off and takes your parking spot and all of a sudden you are cheesed through the roof you're angry and you were just whistling happy a few minutes ago but somebody did something you didn't like and they stole your happiness now if i've got the joy of the lord i've been singing god's praises spending time with his word someone can do that and i'm like God bless you, brother. I hope you have a good day. Something better is going to come along anyway. Amen? But that's what the joy of the Lord will do to you you know, earlier this week, you know, you got to learn to rely on the joy of the Lord. Uh, I had a real test. I had a real opportunity. Uh, I had a van full of young children, uh, my uh, my nephews and some of my children. And between all of us, there's about 25. I don't even know. There's a van full of kids. I, lot, I don't even know whose kids, what was in there. There's a lot of children and a lot of other things. And so they all want mcdonald's ice cream cones and i'm like okay you know usually i uh, take them to wendy's and get a frosty they wanted mcdonald's today i should have known better because if you are a parent you know this much and i'm a veteran i'm i'm not stupid but i made a mistake anytime that you want mcdonald's ice cream their machine's going to be down for cleaning isn't it am i right and you're like, well, that's a that's a negative confession, Pastor Dave. Pray for me because I should do better. But I'm just saying that's happened a bajillion times, and so I get in this super long line waiting, and we finally get up to the window and or to the to the screen. I'd already waited 10 minutes, and and here I am. I need 45 ice cream cones or whatever it was I was ordering, and they're like, our machine's down right now for cleaning, and I'm like, oh, wow. You're kidding, right? I and I I mean I told him I was like, I waited ten minutes in this line and you don't have ice cream. Now I've got angry children on my hands. Do you want me to send them in there and you can babysit them? And so I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But but I did think it. I did think it. And so I'm like, okay, well, I see that you've got posters all over your window for holiday pies. Give me a bunch of those. I'll take some holiday pies. Sir, we're temporarily unavailable on the holiday pies. They're going am like, oh, God bless you. You are sweet. Uh, so give me 500 chicken McNuggets. And I took those. And praise God, it cost me, but the Lord is good. Amen. And uh, And I was able to smile through that whole experience. I was tempted. I was tested. But the Lord is faithful. Amen. Moral of that story. Don't go to McDonald's if you really want ice cream. I will say that publicly. I don't care if they're watching right now. I stand by that till they fix those machines. All right. But in that moment, people I didn't even know had this ability to totally take control of my day and take it a whole other direction. That's strangers. What about this? Have you ever realized that the people that could really mess with your happiness are those closest to you? Your family. Right? Am I right? You're family, and they know what buttons to push to really do it when they want to. And, I again, I speak from experience. I've got three sisters and four brothers. The brothers are, you know, a little bit more so intense than the sisters. But I remember one day I used to uh, collect Cracker Jacks and Wheaties boxes, and I had this really old vintage box of Cracker Jacks, up high, that I had been saving for a long time a collector's item, and I was just going to like pass this on to my children someday, and I was so happy. I get home from basketball practice, and my knucklehead little brother is sitting there with the Cracker Jack box open, and I'm like, what did you do that for? Uh, It said there was a prize on the inside, so I, I opened it up to get the prize, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And, you know, it was like a sticker or something stupid from the 50s. Why in the world would you do that to me, man? And I was so angry. But I know and you know that your happiness can be turned to anger or sorrow within a matter of minutes. One of my older brothers, uh he used to always, he used to always try to get me to do things for him. He'd be like, "Hey, you do this for me, I'll give you 5 bucks." And I'm like, "Okay, dude, yeah, let's go." So I'd do all of his chores, then I'd come in and he'd toss me a nickel. Like, this is my brother Ben, and I hope he hears this because he deserves this. And I'm like, Ben, I, I get so mad, and I fell for it all the time. He's like, uh, well, in Venezuela, that's probably like $50, so I did you a favor. <laughs> Toss me a nickel. I'm like, why would you do that? So mean. But your family, they can really get to you. And sometimes it's silly, but then we know sometimes it's not so silly, and it can go to a whole other level. And so our joy levels listen you maintain that joy don't let anyone rob you of it jesus said that i'm going to give you joy and no one can take it away you are responsible and i'll show you how on how to maintain your joy and your joy can be contagious in that household can it i mean listen your joy you got the joy of the lord that can overcome a lot of other things that the devil may try to throw your way this christmas season Another thing that as I think about joy is, have you ever known someone that's maybe been going through a, a really rough circumstance or they've had a difficulty happen, but you didn't even actually know because they just acted stable and normal? Why is that? The joy of the Lord. Joy makes you a stable and consistent Christian. Because if I've got, if I'm relying on the joy of the Lord, I'm going to get up and read my Bible and praise Jesus, whether I'm in the mood to or not. I'm going to get up and go to church, even if happiness and everything else is telling me I don't go there today. My gosh, you know, I, I don't feel like it today. Well, that's what if I'm relying on my emotions. Yeah, there's times that that I don't feel like coming to church. Pastor Dave, don't say that. Now listen, I love church. It's my favorite place in the world. But sometimes I'm just not in the mood that day. But I don't serve God based upon what mood I'm in. I serve him because I love him. And I've got the joy of the Lord as my strength. I'm so grateful that Jesus doesn't just answer my prayers or do what he does depending on if he's in the mood that day or not. Well, that's Jesus. He doesn't have emotions. Hey, he does. (laughs) We could go through that study, but I'm not going to right now. I got to stay focused to get you out of here on time. But what I'm telling you is, listen, if you're serving if your mood dictates, if your emotions control how you're going to serve God that day, It's time that we start growing up. We gotta, we gotta grow up from that. Amen. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Now I want to talk about Paul, the apostle Paul in the Bible, because I think he's one of the greatest examples of joy. In many of his letters that he wrote, the epistles in the New Testament, he wrote a whole lot of those while he was imprisoned. And I was thinking about one of the prisons that he spent some time in. Uh, it's awful as a prison called the Mamertine Prison in Rome. They literally the Romans were cruel, dude. They literally built a prison holding system in the city cistern, the, the the septic system of the city. They would lock the prisoners down there, and it was terrible. And, and and back in the Roman Empire, prison wasn't the actual punishment. That was just the holding place till they decided what they really wanted to do to you. And so, here he is. He spent time locked up down there in, in the cistern, probably with rats running around, just terrible, awful things. And why was he locked up? Was it because he robbed people or stole? Or No, he was locked up because he preached the gospel of jesus christ and he was very very bold about it and so he received some punishment many many times but he refused to quit well how could he do that the joy of the lord was his strength and in fact you just write this down but in second corinthians 11 that passage is called paul's trials he goes through all the different terrible things that happened to him since he started really serving the Lord. He said he's been beaten with whips, beaten with rods. He had been stoned. He had been shipwrecked. He had been imprisoned. He had been betrayed and stabbed in the back by people that were supposed to be there for him. He went through way more than I have ever gone through, but he still stuck with it. It's incredible how he did that. And so, I want you to look this morning at Philippians chapter 1, because Philippians is called the Joy Epistle by my personal count, I've counted 13 times in the book of Philippians where Paul uses the word joy and rejoice. Either one of those two words, joy and rejoice. And it's only four chapters. It's not a very long book. But he keeps saying, you know, be filled with joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And And it's like, man, he must have really just, he must have been doing good. He must have hit the lottery or something because Paul seems really, really excited in Philippians. But then you realize that, wait, no, he was actually a prisoner at the time of writing this book. And so that tells me that joy doesn't depend on my outward circumstances. It depends on my inward circumstances. I could have all hell breaking loose around me, but if I'm tight with Jesus on the inside, I can have a smile on my face and a skip in my step because it's about Jesus, And you don't have control of my life enough to take my joy away. You didn't give it to me, so you can't take it away. Jesus gave it to me. Amen. Somebody ought to get excited, man. I'm getting excited talking about joy, the joy of the Lord. And so Philippians chapter 1, I'm going to look at a few verses here, just just a few, because it's incredible to me how upbeat and positive Paul is right here, and we're not talking to about a man that lived on Easy Street. We're talking to a man that got beat up and betrayed and stabbed in the back everywhere he went, but he just got right back up and kept on preaching the gospel. And so to start things off here in the very first chapter, Philippians chapter 1, he says, Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. I love that he just kicks it off, man. When I pray, I'm praying for you, and I am filled with joy. And so we're gonna look at a few heavier verses here, but it's not that Paul was sad. He's just speaking the truth, and Paul was very transparent. He's like, "Hey, I'm torn, man. I would be fine with dying right now and going to heaven." And people are like that—that that sounds like a depressed man. No, no, no. He wasn't depressed. Look at look at verse twenty-three. Philippians 1, verse 23, he says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. Let me just say this. If you know somebody that was a born-again child of God, and they've died and gone on to heaven, I mean, I feel bad for us, but I'm kind of jealous of them. Listen, it is far better them where they're at right now i'm serious and paul knew that he's like oh man yeah uh uh, Listen, it would be a lot better for me to go to heaven. Do you think it'd be better to live in heaven on streets of gold in a mansion with the river of life and the tree of life and being with Jesus forever? Is that better than being down here, getting bullied around, beat up, pushed over, whipped, stoned, shipwrecked, thrown in prison when you didn't deserve it? Would it be better? Can you see how Paul could possibly say this? I can see that. I'm like, yeah, dude, absolutely. I'd rather live in heaven than that. But look at this, verse 24, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. None of that's negative, none of that's depression, none of that's a bad thing to say. That's the straight-up truth. And so he's like, it's better for you guys that I stay. Look at chapter 2, verses 17 through 18. Chapter 2, 17 through 18. What we are reading right here is a man that had the joy of the Lord, not a man that that was negative. Look at this, chapter 2. Verses uh, verses 17 through 18, and joy is how Paul could keep on going. He said, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. In fact, he used that exact same phrase in 2 Timothy, which was the last letter he ever wrote. He eventually did give his life. The Roman government cut the man's head off in 65 AD. But check it out. He says right here, he says, I'll rejoice even if they kill me. I'll go down rejoicing, man. I'll just pour out my life as an offering to God. How do you keep a man like that down? You don't. You can't. And and I've heard it said that you can't threaten and intimidate and and scare the Christian with death. How? How? You're going to threaten me that I get to live in heaven in a mansion on streets of gold with Jesus forever? That's not a threat. That sounds incredible. Now, again, you may think I'm sounding crazy right now. But when you get the reality of heaven in your heart, death begins to lose its grip on you. And in Hebrews chapter 2, it says that Jesus came into this earth to give his life and to set free all those who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? For the born-again Christian, death has lost its sting. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Amen. And so uh, he says, yeah, I'll rejoice. They can kill me. Even if I lose my life, I'm going to go down rejoicing, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. You read the whole book, joy, joy, rejoice, joy, 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 rejoice, joy joy, 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 joy. He just keeps using these phrases over and over again. And I love it. Chapter four, verse four. I love it. And in the King James, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. And the NLT says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I'll say it again, rejoice. And so I'm going to tell you this morning that Paul was not a happy person. Paul was a joyful person and I love being happy I love it love it love it but even better than that I love the joy of the Lord having control of my life can you see the difference this morning two of you can that's okay because I'm not done with this sermon let's go on to point number two we'll get a few more of you here and by the time this is over we're going to get somewhere all right Number two, happiness is a natural emotion. Joy is a spiritual condition. Happiness is a natural emotion. Joy is a spiritual condition. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. And if you're familiar with Scripture, you know that this is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Is anyone having a good time at church today? Man, I'm having a great time at church today. The, the the word of God it just makes me really really it does make me happy but it also makes me joyful so Galatians five verses twenty two through twenty three now this is what we call the fruit of the spirit and I believe a, a a synonymous term that we could say would be the proof of the spirit and and so as a born again Christian. These nine things that we call the fruit of the Spirit, these are nine things that you should see in a Christian's life. And, and, and so these are proof that you're a born-again Christian. I love this. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things now back at verse 22 notice that joy is the second thing on that list now you know it doesn't straight up say this that this is the order in which these things will begin to appear in your life but i don't i think that it's quite possible that these are listed in some sort of an intentional order now as a christian one of the very first the first thing that we should see in your life if you're a christian is love we got to see love if we don't see love, then we begin, you know, I'm just being honest, I don't know if you're a Christian or not. Because Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples indeed, if you have love for one another. And so I don't believe it's coincidental that the very first thing we see on this list is love. But what's the second thing? Joy. The fruit of the Spirit, man, as a born-again Christian, the proof That we should see in your life is love and joy. Christians should not be the most gloomy, down and out, negative people that you come across. And I've come across some people that are Christians that they're always in a bad mood. Now if that's you, don't, don't raise your hand. Chances are we know anyway, but just keep your hand down. We don't, we don't want to identify you right now. But listen, as a Christian, there's no need for you to always be a negative Nelly and just always raining on everybody's parade. That is not the fruit of the Spirit. Christians should be known for their joy. Whenever I see a grouch somewhere, I don't think Oh, man, they must be a Christian because they're really mean and negative. I mean, they have got to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. No, I'm like, man, we need to tell them about Jesus. He could set them free from being a Grinch, right? But no, as a Christian, one of the fruit or the proof of the Holy Spirit having control of your life should be that you have joy. Now, I'm going to say this, and I mean it, that... The world, the unsaved, non-born-again people, they cannot have true everlasting joy. Now, somebody would look at that, I would say that statement, and, and somebody would be like, yeah, well, I know someone that's like an atheist, and, and, and they seem to just be very satisfied and happy. And, and listen, you can look at anybody you know that doesn't have Jesus, and I guarantee you that they probably have periods of happiness, but they don't have true and everlasting joy. And sometimes the devil wants us to look at someone who isn't saved, but seems to be happy and fulfilled. He wants to lie to you and try to get you to envy them. And I know this. I know. In fact, I don't say this phrase often. The Holy Spirit told me to say that this morning, because no doubt people in this room right now, the devil's lying to you and saying, yeah, look at them. In fact, think about it. Didn't you have less troubles before you really gave your life to Jesus and went to church all the time? It seems like you didn't have any trouble at all. And I'm going to tell you right now, you didn't have resistance from the devil when you were living for him. The only way that you and the devil don't have a head-on collision at some point is if you're both headed the same direction. Yeah, as a Christian, you don't want to know the demons and devils that i got to face every single week. I'm not saying that. I'm just, You do too. But listen, I'm being very serious. If I just based, uh, well, I'm not going to look. Li- you know what? It was easier. I didn't have any resistance. Yeah, you know what? You were one inch away from hell too. And I know that most people don't really understand hell. I've thought about preaching on that someday soon because uh you don't know. You do not know how fortunate you are that you were one stinking breath away from going to hell and you'd still be there. You would never get out. A hundred years from now, you'd still be there. A thousand years from now, you would still be there. A million billion years, you would not be getting out. You were this close. You may, yeah, I had more money in my pocket. You would value going to heaven? You would value, you would value money more than heaven? And listen, you serve the Lord, he'll bless you. He'll see to it that God provides all your needs. The blessing of the Lord, according to Proverbs, it'll make a person rich. But he adds no sorrow with it. I don't have to sacrifice my family for money anymore when God is my provider. I don't have to sacrifice my joy and my peace and my morals and my ethics for money. When God is my father, he'll get it to me. I'm going to go out and do illegal things to get it. God will just give it to me. Amen. Come on this morning. Listen to me. Never look at somebody that's not born again and think, well, yeah, but they've got it really good. You have no idea how bad they may have it. They may have some temporary happiness, but it is a false positive. They are one step away from never being able to turn around again. That is horrifying to think about. And you born again Christian, never believe that lie and say, yeah, well, ever since I started coming to church and living for God, now I've got these different things coming at me that I never had before. Man, you've got the power to defeat those and you're not going to hell. You're going to heaven someday. Give God praise. Amen. Joy to the world. I was reading this story. It's a couple hundred years old. Have you noticed that I read lots of really old stories? I mean, what is my problem? But anyway, this Russian princess accepted the Lord Jesus as her Savior and was, a, and was very open and, and, and vocal about her faith. The Tsar of Russia was displeased and threw her into prison. After 24 hours with the lowest level of Russian society and the most miserable conditions imaginable, He ordered her to be brought back into his presence. He kind of smiled sarcastically as she came back in. Well, you ready to renounce your silly faith and come back to the pleasures and luxury of the court? To his surprise, she smiled and said, I have known more real joy in one day in prison with Jesus than an entire lifetime in the palace with the Tsar. And it ticked him off and he didn't know how to handle that. But I'm telling you right now, there is more joy in one day with Jesus than a lifetime in the palace of the wicked. Psalm 84 and verse 10. Let's go there. I gotta start, I gotta start putting the gas pedal down here because I'm taking my time. Psalm 84 and verse 10. I love this one. Psalm 84 and verse 10. This just, this is another reason that Uh, I celebrate getting to come into the house of the Lord every week. But Psalm 84, in verse 10, this is absolutely beautiful. Psalm 84, in verse 10, it says, A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Amen. And saying being the gatekeeper, that's basically saying I'd rather be just have the bottom level position in the house of God than have the luxurious rich life in the homes of the wicked. Nobody is more impoverished than somebody that is impoverished in their heart and in their soul. That is a poverty that only Jesus can And so I'm telling you this morning that joy does not depend upon natural circumstances. Listen to me. If your whole life is based upon how people treat you, it's going to be one bumpy ride. My joy does not depend on how you treat me. Amen? listen, I want you to treat me nice. I'm a rather soft and tender fellow, but I'm telling you right now that my joy and my desire to serve Jesus, it doesn't depend upon how you treat me. Because some people treat me really, really good and make me just want to serve Jesus even more. And some people treat me really bad and say mean things about me, but I just let that flow right off of my back because my joy, I am not going to give you the keys to my joy. Only Jesus holds the keys to my joy. And I'm not going to give you that power and that uh, authority in my life. Only Jesus has that. And so Jesus, you know, this is the only true way to have real joy. And I think about how awesome Jesus is. I was I was last night, um, I don't know, I was, anyway, I was doing lights with the boys and all that. That doesn't matter. But <laughs> what I'm saying is this. This thought came to me. Even God the Father finds joy in his son Jesus. That's how awesome Jesus is. Even God Almighty the Father himself. In Matthew 3.17 at Jesus' baptism, the voice of God bellows out from heaven and says, This is my beloved son in whom I have Great joy. Jesus is so awesome that he not only gives us joy, he brings joy to God Almighty himself. Jesus is my source for joy. And I am so grateful that he came to this earth. Number three this morning, joy provides strength. Happiness is unstable. Joy provides strength to us and happiness is unstable. Uh, Let's look real quick at a very, very famous verse, Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah 8.10, here in the Old Testament. Now, most people, we only know the the second part of that verse. We would call that B. But Nehemiah 8.10, if you're having trouble finding it, it's on page 458. All right, page 458. But Nehemiah Chapter 8 and verse 10, I'm just going to quote this, but when you get there, you should highlight it and put cute little stars beside it because you need to know this verse. Nehemiah 8.10, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy from God will make you a stronger person. And the Christians that I know with joy are the strongest people I know in this entire world. Now, coincidentally, they seem to be the ones that also have the other fruit of the spirit working in their life: peace, patience, kindness and all that. But if you've got joy, you've got stability working in your life. While you're in the Old Testament, look at one other verse: Proverbs 17:22, Proverbs 17:22. I know some of you are maybe trying to find Nehemiah still, I'm sorry. Proverbs 17 and verse 22. And this, oh, this is a good one too. Wow. These are, I noticed these are all good verses today. (laughs) They're all good verses every time, aren't they? I have yet to find a bad Bible verse. Now sometimes I find one that tells me how screwed up I am and I need to change. I don't always enjoy those at the moment, but they're good, they're good. Proverbs 10, Excuse me, Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17. I was thinking about a verse we just quoted in Proverbs 2. But Proverbs 17 and verse 22. Amen. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Amen. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Think about that. A cheerful heart, or the King James says, a merry heart But this I do with good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So listen, a merry heart is just as good and even better than the best happy pills you can find in the world. A merry heart. What's a heart? Is that talking about the blood pump in your chest? No, that's talking about your spirit. If you've got a merry, a cheerful, a joyful spirit, it is good medicine. And a broken, anxiety, stressful, sad spirit, it'll sap your strength. Have you ever just felt weak and and down and out and tired and exhausted? Why is that? A broken spirit, a, a a sorrowful spirit, it'll eventually sap your physical strength right out of your body. There may not be physically anything wrong, but a broken spirit it saps a person's strength. And so, whatever your condition is, listen to me. If we begin to work on our joy levels, the rest will change and it'll start to even out. And so. You need to know this. Well, I'm going to tell one more. Can I tell one more old story? I was going to skip this, but I looked at. it. I'm like, they're a pretty good story, all right. So let's go back to the 1800s, all right? (laughs) I'm going to. I need to find some modern stories, all right? I am so stuck in the old days. For a good time, I watched Little House on the Prairie. I mean, that's my idea of a high time right there. Yeah. In fact, I was watching that last night. Oh man, Charles Ingalls got me in the heart part. I was getting a little bit a little misty, but don't tell anybody, all right? So, uh, but one of Napoleon's generals, all right, suddenly appeared with 18,000 men before an Austrian town that had no means of defense. The town council had nearly decided to just surrender and give up, not even try to put up a fight, when the, the old pastor, Uh, The church reminded them that it was Easter. He begged everybody, listen, just just come to church. We're going to leave the trouble in God's hands. And so they couldn't fight the army anyway. So they decided they would just all go to church. And, of course, back in those days, you rang the church bell so people knew it was time for church. And so they start ringing the church bell as loud and proud as they can. And the French army, hearing the church bells joyfully ringing, they decided, oh, wait. The, the Austrian army must be on their way and we aren't prepared for that. They had only sent what they thought was a, but a, in their eyes, a small delegation. And so the entire 18,000 troops, they heard the joyful sound of the bells ringing. They retreated and ran the other direction. And so, you know, I was reading that story and a, a preacher put it this way. That same scenario has often been duplicated in our individual lives you may have the whole enemy army stacked against you at the moment But you decide anyway to what? Ring the joy bells, so to speak. You decide anyway to raise your hands and sing praise to God. You decide to plaster a smile on your face and speak God's word. You ring the bells of joy anyway. And somehow the enemy retreats. And I'm going to tell you something very important right now that joy confuses the enemy joy, he doesn't know how to handle that. He throws a nuclear bomb at you and you start laughing. What's wrong with them? They They should have been in a panic before they would have melted down and I could have just wiped out their whole Christmas season. But when you've got the joy of the Lord as your strength, when you've got a merry heart being your good medicine, he can throw all sorts of things at you. And when it doesn't knock you on your butt, it confuses him and he doesn't even know what else to do. Get this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm not relying on people to make me happy because that could be taken away. But if I'm relying on the joy of the Lord to be my strength, come on somebody, I am in really good hands. Amen. And so, the final thing I'm going to look at is a few ways to maintain your joy. I want to get practical. I've been trying to be more practical with you lately. And so uh, I'm going to look at some ways to maintain your joy. I've got some verses written on your outline. We're not going to turn to those. I merely wanted you to know them uh, so you could look them up because I know that everybody leaves church and you go right home to look at your notes, don't you? <laughs> you go to check your fantasy football scores. I know that already. All right. All right, Psalm, oh, excuse me, we'll look at that. Um, Ways to maintain your joy, the biggest is the Word of God, the Word of God. You cannot be a joyful person without God's Word, and so I'll just quote this to you, but Psalm 119, 162, David said, I rejoice in your Word like one who discovers a great treasure. So David said, I rejoice. I find joy in the Word of God, letter B. Ways to maintain your joy. Be around positive Christians. Be around positive Christians. Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. We need to be around positive Christians. Now, in Philippians, Paul talked a lot about the joy that the Christians brought to him. I have friends that encourage me uh, in the joy of the Lord. But it is very important. One of the, I mean, one thing I tell people when they first come to Jesus is, listen, the smartest thing you can do is surround yourself with the right people. And sometimes that means cutting some of the old people off. And that's really, really painful and hard. But it's kind of a sacrifice we make sometimes. There are some people that they could only go with you so far on your journey. And now, you know, they're just, I'm sorry, but they can't go any further until they make some changes themselves. And that's hard. But listen, it is so important that you surround yourself with positive Christians. And I'm I'm pretty cautious about who I let have say in my life i don't just let anybody and everybody i've got people message me and i've got a word for you, brother blah 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 thank you for your word you know praise god appreciate it hey can i come prophesy over you can i come pray over you love you appreciate you you're so negative and nasty all the time i don't want a word from you i'm sorry i don't uh no listen i am cautious man i don't just let anybody and everybody have influence in my life i don't have time for nasty and negative i have time though for the joy of the Lord. Amen. All right. Uh Oh, here's a good one. Oh, sing, sing. Amen. Sing. Psalm 33. One says, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the fear for the pure to praise him. And so I promise you, if you're singing praise to the Lord, it does something on the inside of you and it stirs up the joy. I promise you, you start singing like, yeah, I don't sing good. Listen, you're not singing for them. You're singing to the Lord. He doesn't care if you've got the best singing voice. He cares that you make the effort to bring the sacrifice of praise. And if you will bring the sacrifice of praise, God will stir up the joy on the inside of you and absolutely change your circumstances. And as an included bonus to singing, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. A wise man said that once. All right. Uh, the last thing I want to say, and we will go to this verse, talking about maintaining your joy level is to be in God's presence. To be in God's presence. You need to see this Psalm 1611 in the King James. Psalm 1611 in the King James. This is beautiful. Amen. Talking about being in the presence of God. And what are ways to get in God's presence? Well, when we begin to read his word and pray. These are basic things. But specifically, even when we begin to worship God, we enter in to his presence. And in his presence, check this out, Psalm 1611, specifically in the King James, David writes, thou wilt show me the path of life. Look at this. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And so if you want joy, true joy, you're going to get that from being in the presence of God. It is so important in your life that you make time daily to enter in to his presence. Make time for the word. Make time to pray. But also one thing that we kind of lose sight of is make some time to worship God and sing to him and you will begin to enter in to his presence and according to the bible in his presence is the fullness of joy and so we're telling you this year merry christmas joy to the world the lord has come let earth receive her king amen amen And this Christmas season, if you don't buy the biggest, most expensive gifts your kids have ever got, that's okay, all right? If people are yakking and being stupid, it's okay. Focus on your family, but focus on getting closer to Jesus, and you will have the joy of the Lord. Can we get an amen this morning? Amen. All right. Let's stand up together. Praise God. Let's stand up together. The Lord sure is good to us. Amen. He is so good to us. Well, we're going to take a minute here as we close out. I'm going to have my prayer team come forward this morning. But if you're here today, and maybe all this sounds kind of neat, sounds kind of good, you would like the joy of the Lord. Listen, it is available to all of God's children. But you've got to have things right with God first. You'll never have joy if you don't have a right relationship with jesus and so we want to give you a chance for that today we want to lead you in a prayer and 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 maybe you're here and you're like well i did that before well sometimes we do that and we kind of walk away we realize that jesus would never walk away from us but sometimes we've walked away from him and we're here to restore your relationship with jesus today or potentially you're here and you've never even had a relationship with the lord at all well today is the day to take care of that the scripture says behold today is the day of salvation today could be the day to change that and i know i've come across times somebody could be like yeah well i'm I'm a a member of this church over here that's fine but jesus didn't say you must be a member of the church to be born again no 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 he said you must be born again to go to heaven even if you've gone to church here forever and ever listen that doesn't mean you're born again receiving Jesus means you're born again and so I want to lead us in a prayer together today and listen let's pray this together and if this is your time to get things right with God, listen, joy to your world, it's getting ready to get a whole lot better because you're going to have Jesus in your life let's bow our heads let's close our eyes and let's pray this together say this with me, Father in Jesus name name. I I believe in your son Jesus I believe that he died that he rose again, that he's coming back someday. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. I promise to live for you. Give me the strength to change my life. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? Hallelujah. All right, this is my man, Jose, right over here, waving his hand in the air. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to go see Jose here at the end or right now. And he's going to give you some more information that we uh, could to, could use to, to help you out, to help you on your new path that you're taking. We've got a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer, but we will hook you up with another Christian from the church for the next 30 days. Uh, they'll text you Bible verses and a devotion every day. They will pray with you. They will answer any questions you may have. The biggest thing is we want to give you the best chance possible to make it with Jesus and make you as strong as you can possibly be. Amen. All right. Well, uh, let's take a minute. If you are here and you need prayer for anything, if you need prayer for your health, prayer for your marriage, prayer for whatever, we want to pray with you. Josh is going to lead us in a worship song here today. And if you just don't have any needs at all, that's great. Uh, just take a few minutes right now to be right there and to worship the Lord. Amen. Let's go.
3: And nothing comes close to the Lord. Almighty nothing as sweet as his love and mercy nothing comes close to the Lord. Almighty nothing as sweet as his love and mercy to the Mercy nothing comes close to the Lord. Almighty nothing as sweet as His love. And mercy nothing comes close to the Lord. Almighty nothing as sweet as His love. mighty, so holy, so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so faithful you are.
1: Well, who's had a good time in the house of the Lord today? Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's been a good one. Man, we got somebody that just gave their life to Jesus for the very first time. Yeah! Hallelujah, man! That is what we are all about, my friends. And so, thank you, Jesus. The Lord is so good to us, man. Merry Christmas. Well, um, let's go ahead and take a minute, Pastor K to get a few quick announcements to go over uh you're like announcements we did that i know but there's more uh good stuff happening so anyway i'm going to close us in prayer and do the barstow faith confession and then just stick around for like 30 to 45 extra seconds and uh and she's needs to anyway i'll let her talk about it because i'll screw it up all right let's pray raise our hands amen father in jesus name we thank you lord so much for what we have seen and the word of God today and Lord we can boldly declare joy to the world the Lord has come Jesus thank you for being born and thank you for coming into this lowly sinful world you gave up the luxury and treasures of heaven so you could come be one of us just so you could die to save us Lord and I pray in Jesus name that we would keep that word in our hearts and Lord may this be the best Christmas we have ever had, Lord, the most joy-filled, peace-filled, love-filled Christmas that we've ever had, Jesus, and we're going to give you all the glory, and I thank you that our families are healed in every possible way, Lord. We love you, and we praise you. You are good, and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' mighty name, can everybody say amen? All right, we're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession. want to remind you, if today was your first time with us, or first time in a long time, stop by the info booth back there and see Heather. She's wearing the pink coat. Uh, we've got a gift for you. We've got a gift card to a local coffee shop, and, and uh, we just want to thank you for being with us. Amen. All right, let's say the Barstow Faith Confession, and by that time, I believe my wife will be ready to tell you what she needs to tell you. All right, let's say this. We declare... barstow is coming to jesus barstow is saved in jesus name amen all right give the lord some praise today amen all right i'm gonna have pastor katie i think she specifically needs to talk to some of you men do i have any of the guys here that are like actually you're you're kind of